1: The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together.
2: Hey everybody, Uh, welcome to another episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Uh, My name is Ben Sternke, I'm one of the co-founders of Gravity Leadership, and today I am joined by Ben Hardman. Who is a co-founder of Gravity Leadership? Who's calling in from Charlotte today, right?
0: Charlotte, North Carolina,
2: buddy. Yeah, and Very uh, and part of what uh, Ben is doing there is visiting uh, one of our coaches, Justin Wallace, who's also with us uh, from Charlotte.
3: Hi. Say hi, How's Justin. It going?
2: Um, we're going to get give Justin a chance to introduce himself uh, here in just a little bit. Um, but today on the podcast, um, we're going to do a, a little bit of a follow up from last week's. Podcast where we uh, had a conversation with Brian Zond and um, talked. uh, We talked with him about his journey of theological deconstruction and kind of reconstruction and how that affected his relationship with his church, and um, gave some great uh, advice to leaders who are trying to navigate those waters. Um, oh, by the way, right at the end of that podcast, uh, Matt and I were talking about, um, we were hoping to be able to go to the water to wine gathering June 28th through 30th. And, um, it now looks like that is going to be possible for us. And so if, uh, if you're planning to go to the water to wine gathering June 28th through 30th, um, Matt and I will see you there. Um, and if you're not planning to go, um, maybe you want to think about uh, going. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be there. Uh, Brian Zahn's going to be there. Brad Jerzak, uh, Derek Vreeland, uh, quite a few others, just talking about um, talking about this journey uh, that we want to talk a little bit about today um, uh, with uh, Justin with Ben Hardman. So, um, so yeah, to set up this conversation, um, I. I uh, <laughs> Sorry, I got to put my got to put my computer on uh, do not disturb. Uh, just got a little uh, got a little text there. Um, okay, good. All right, I think we're good. So um, the uh, to set up this conversation, uh, I think this issue of going through deconstruction of kind of changing the 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 theological paradigm we're operating out of uh, it can be really disorienting, especially if you're a leader. Uh, who is going through this at uh, what seems like a different pace than the congregation that you're leading uh, or the people that you're leading. Um, And so I I wanted to share today, I guess, what I'd love to hear some stories from you guys um, about what you've learned about this, about uh, some of what your journey has been like, Uh, because I think a lot of our listeners are on a similar journey, um, are experiencing similar kinds of um, deconstruction, reconstruction—the need. To, they're, they're asking all kinds of different questions. Can I? Can I still be at this church? What does this mean for my faith? Um, yeah, it can be heavy, heady times for people.
0: Yeah, very, very challenging, and and it's something that I, Ben, I think, we're running into over and over and over again. I think it's one of the common characteristics of a lot of the pastors and leaders we're coming across. Is there is some level of deconstruction or disorientation. That's happening right now, and yes. and I think it's 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 a really important question to talk about. What do we do in that space? Like how do we live and operate in that space?
2: Yes, yeah, it, it is. It's a really important thing. Um, Justin, I I wonder if we could uh, hear from you a little bit. First of all, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself, and uh, let let the listeners know where you're at. Um, and then, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit of uh, your story uh, of, of deconstruction or disorientation, uh, however we want to put that.
3: Yeah. So uh, my name is Justin Wallace, and I lead a church called One Life Church in Concord, North Carolina, which is just outside of Charlotte. Um, I've been uh, with One Life for a couple of years now. Um, before that, I led um, a church of college students at uh, the University of North Carolina mm-hmm. at Charlotte. Um, and I, my, my story um, of disorientation um, and deconstruction probably goes back a few years now um, whenever I first started in full-time ministry right out of college I ran into some some very unhealthy uh, church structures and, um, and church leadership um, was fired uh, twice um, from two different places boy um, yeah yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say,
2: if you got fired twice from the same place, that would be truly a feat. To be <laughs> I, admired. I, I did
3: my best after the first firing. I begged for my job back, but they oh, said you no. Did. So, okay. Um, which is probably grace in some way. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there a lot of our listeners and a lot of people that are part of our, our cohorts can relate to that. Um, in, mm. and, um, and that really began my, my journey of disorientation. Um, because I became very disoriented with the church. Um, um, And uh, it took me down a very um, dark road, a very heavy road, um, a lot of questions, a lot of doubts. Um, You know, I I was very confident that God had called me into ministry. And in in that season, I questioned whether or not I wanted even to to follow that call, if I wanted to live that out anymore. Um, And Hmm. so... Uh, I would say um, for I would say for the next five or six years, I was in a place of disorientation. Um, it led to a conversation with a, a friend of mine where we were sitting, and I was casting vision for the ministry we were starting with college students. And and all of my language was what I didn't want to be. You know, um, that's how right. I described everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just looked at me and said, "I hear what you don't want to be, but do you have any idea what you want to be?" And, um, and it was just a moment of me realizing that I was experiencing a lot of shifts. Um, I was trying to wrap my mind around um, what Jesus was calling us to as a church, what he, the vision that he had cast for it, the dream that he had for it. Um, and so um, I, I lived in that space for a very, very long time. Um, mm. And a lot of people couldn't understand it. You know, like when I heard you talk about when you, the congregation is moving at a different pace, I can... I can feel that. I, I felt that from more than just my congregation. I felt it from multiple congregations, from from uh, financial supporters, um, from family, um, and, and and so it was it was painful. It was very lonely, um, hmm. and uh, and I swore that the church was my Egypt <laughs> in that time, and I would <laughs> never go back. Um, I, I remember even using that that language with Ben Hardman, like I'm not going back to it. I'm, wow. it's my egypt i'm not going back to slavery and um wow. and that's what it felt like at that time of of disorientation mm. um but it's been yeah. it's been really cool to watch as god has has healed that and has brought me into a place of of reorientation and giving me a new picture so yeah
2: i don't really want to yeah it is mm. it is i, I don't want to gloss over that too quickly though um cuz one of the things i'm hearing in your story justin is that um you know, even though your your friend was asking you, like, I hear a lot of what you don't want to be. Um, what do you do? What What do you want to be? And I, I can remember um, something similar happening to me. Uh, you know, in my journey of kind of deconstruction and, and disillusionment, disorientation, I knew a lot more about what I didn't want to do. Than what I did want to do, but looking back, I think it was important for me to go through. I think my temptation was to was to think of that season a little bit shamefully, like, "Oh man, I'm just uh, yeah. all I know is what I don't want to be." And so, am I just uh, am I just complaining here, or like what's going on? But I I feel like it's actually really important to be able to have a space to to name those things, right? To be able to be in deconstruction, to be disillusioned. Um, and, and to be able to, to be in that space at least for a while so that you can really kind of disconnect from that which you are um, trying to disconnect from. Would yeah, you guys agree? I, I,
0: yeah, I think, I think it's really important for us to be able to name what we don't want to be in the middle of that disorientation. I think the challenge is we're tempted to stay there forever. Uh, and and mm. so what happens is we stay in this space of the angry, disoriented prophets who just kind of wants to cast stones at everything rather than developing a new imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, So Walter Bergman, when he talks about the prophetic voice, he talks about it's all about critique and imagination. Uh, And and what happens oftentimes, particularly I see in a lot of young pastors, is we become disoriented uh, and we live in this kind of deconstructionist phase where all we want to do is critique, but we don't have a healthy imagination for what could be. Uh, And and so what I'm seeing is the disorienting factor or the thing that uh, is causing this deconstruction is the kind of the methods and policies, procedures, actions, power and leadership structures of the American church. But the reorienting factor is always Jesus. And so there is a return to can ministry be good? Uh, Can we lead in the church and lead like Jesus? Can all of these things take place? And at Gravity
3: Leadership, we absolutely
0: believe that that's possible.
3: Yes. Yeah, I I, I think that you need a safe place. You know, I, I, I think a couple things. One is a safe place, safe people um, that you can trust and that you can articulate what you're experiencing and what you're walking through. I think that's really, really important. Um, and I had, I had some of those people. There weren't very many, which then leads to my second thought, and that is when Jesus talks about don't throw pearls to pigs. Um, I think this is where disorientation and deconstruction can become unhealthy is when we want everyone to be experiencing the same thing <laughs> we're experiencing. You know, So we get up on a stage and we're literally yes. throwing pearls to pigs. It's like we're, we're trying to drag everyone else into our journey and God may not have them in that place. And so I need a safe place, a safe group of people to be walking through this. But then I also need to be to be mindful and careful of of the language that I'm using, and that yes. i'm not I'm not guilt tripping people because they're not experiencing the same thing that I'm experiencing,
2: yes, yeah, and that's some of what uh, Brian said uh last week on the podcast that they're like your your pulpit is not the place to work out your theology <laughs> yes. you yeah know, it's not the place to like beat people over the head you know or or try to work something out, and so, um, so yeah, having having a community or a, a safe place uh, to be able to kind of talk about that stuff, uh, without you know, without the you know, whatever else might come with it, you know, the judgment or the the concern, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, that there can be a really that's a, that's a really important factor. What I'm hearing you can guys I give, say.
3: Can I give an example? Yeah, that'd um, be great. I um so whenever I was going through this uh, back in, it was probably. 2004 2005 2006 I my my audience was college students and so it's easy to get a group of college students riled up about something and so (laughs) I um I would my a lot of my language was this is what we don't want to be this is what we don't want to be um and uh and I think I I think I I I think I brought people I brought a lot of college students into a place of disorientation before they were ready for that Mm. Um, If you fast forward to now, um, I've been kind of going through, and this is another thing, there's always different things that we're going through disorientation, different topics, um, where we're deconstructing what we believe previously. And as God is giving us a new imagination for what he's calling us to. So I'm kind of in that place now with, with uh, women in ministry. Um, Growing Mm. up, um, I grew up in a tradition that that women couldn't be ordained, that women couldn't preach, and so um, over the past couple of years, God has been taking me through this deconstructing of that theology and of those of those thoughts. But I have at, at our church at One Life, we have a new elder who believes very firmly that that ministry is supposed to be for for men only, and him and I can lead our church together. I don't have to expect him to be deconstructing at the same time and the same pace that I am. Hmm. And so I, I feel like I've matured in that, that I can sit at the same table as him, whereas 10, 12 years ago, there's no way I could have done that. I, I, would, have, I would have shamed him for not experiencing it at the same pace that I'm experiencing as yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, it's really good. I think our, our our discourse
0: is so dysfunctional in so many of these areas. Um, because yeah. once we go through our own deconstruction, then we believe that we are enlightened and other people aren't. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so we love to go to the Twitter machine and drop bombs on everybody. Mm. Uh, and, and it just creates a, a polarized, um, a non peacemaking, yeah. uh, an anxious presence uh, in our lives and and we, we're tempted to never give grace to the people who have not deconstructed or have not um, thought through these things yeah. with the same level of um, seriousness that we have and so it's easy to throw stones and so mm. what 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 i see often in this stage is we've got we've got churches that are killing their prophets right we've got mm. churches that are saying like We don't need that voice. We don't want that voice. And they're not, there's, 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 let's just be honest. There's certain places where there's not, it's not a safe place to be deconstructing and it's not a safe place to ask questions. Um, And, and if you're in that situation, I, you know, that might be a a situation where you need to look for another tribe or at least need to look for some friends that are healthy friends to walk through. But we also have prophets that are running from the church, right? So uh, we've just got prophets that are exiting the church at a rapid pace uh, and, and I think both of those postures are dysfunctional, yeah. and so I, I do think as you're going through this season of disorientation, you got to have friends that you can walk with and that you can journey with. You've got to have a safe place to process that. Um, and and can I? Am, are we allowed to say, Sternkey, that like if you don't have that, we? we'll be your friends. Like, like we, <laughs> sure. we would love to journey with you. In fact, yeah. a lot of the people that we're coaching and training, I think are entering into this deconstructionist phase and don't quite know what to do with it. And yes. so what we're able to do is come alongside of them and mm. serve them and love them and give them space to ask questions yes. and bring, bring to them whatever wisdom that we have uh, and, and try and you know yeah. empower
3: them or lay down what we have for them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not, and gravity's not in the business of bad mouthing the church. So I have several people that have been in my past cohorts and my current one who are going through this. And just so we're all clear, like at gravity, we are, we are a huge, um, fan of the church. And so I'm, I am, I am encouraging these people to be walking through this process within the church Mm -hmm. and that the the church is beautiful. And so Mm -hmm. I just think that's what is so unique about about what we're trying to do at Gravity is we want we we want to give people a safe place, but we're also saying like let's reimagine what the church is supposed to be and what Jesus has called us to.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm hearing a couple themes here. I just want to like recapitulate uh, some of these things. Um, so deconstruction is is this thing? It, it feels like it comes upon us right? Mm-hmm. It does, we, we don't choose, you know, it's not like, you know, I think I'm going to deconstruct my theology next year. You know, like, we don't plan it. It's not a, It's not like you, like, I'm going to go get a master's degree. You like, don't put it on
0: your calendar.
2: Right, you don't put it on your calendar. I'll after
0: of. spring break. <laughs> I
2: feel like I've got a free week there. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, yeah, so we can't kind of go away and, and do it. it. It sort of comes upon us unbidden, you know, there, there's, you know, just life circumstances or, you know, it can be all kinds of things that trigger uh, a, a deconstruction, and it, you know, in our first podcast episode uh, where Hardman and, and Matt and I were talking um, about some of our own uh, journey in ministry. A lot of it, a lot of it for us was failure. So the the failure of the thing that was supposed to work can trigger a deconstruction. So it's yes. this thing that sort of comes upon you that you have to deal with. Um, I'm hearing themes that this is danger. It's actually dangerous. In a sense, because you know, there's there's all these pitfalls where we can become an angry prophet. Um, We can we can be critical without uh, ever getting to the place where we can reimagine anything or or speak with any kind of positivity. Uh, We can become you know we can just uh, we can demand that everybody else see things the way that we see them. You know all of all of those kinds of things. So it's necessary to be in a community where people can. um, I, I found it really healing to have somebody tell me like to say like, hey, this is what I experienced is that messed up? (laughs) And for somebody to say, yes, it's messed up. Like it it (laughs) is like, it's wrong. It it should not have happened. It's no good. It's not of God. And to hear that was so healing for me to realize, okay, this like, that's, that's why it hurts. That's why it feels bad. It's not of God. Um, And so, so having that community around us is necessary. And then because there's this reintegration, there's this reorientation um, that, that is the the end goal uh, of this process after disorientation comes reorientation and earlier hardman you said that the reorientation happens around jesus but you know part of our theology is that that means you get the church too like jesus yes. tied himself to the church that's that's what yes. that's what pentecost is all about jesus said i'm pouring out my spirit um it's the spirit of jesus the church in a way is the continuing incarnation I can put it that way, of Jesus in the world, and so it's it's literally impossible to try to have Jesus without the church in a in a theological sense. So, um, Justin, I'd love to hear. I don't I don't know if there's uh, details to that story for you. I mean, you said that the church was your Egypt. You swore I'm never going back. You know that's slavery. Uh, that's that's bondage. I'm not going back there. But now you're now you're pastor in a church. So yeah. what happened?
3: yeah i um i i i planted um a college ministry in a place of disorientation and um mm. and it was it was um it was safe it was a safe place i needed that i i i needed a a place where um where i i um it didn't feel like i was always running into a burning building i guess <laughs> um and i you know and so um so a couple of years ago, um, a friend of mine came to me and said, um and I've had offers before of, hey, come come serve at our church and I always said no because I I, I just wasn't going to put my family through that. Um I, I had I have kids now. I wasn't gonna I don't wanna ruin my kids view of the church by putting them in a situation mm. where I end up getting fired and my kids are, you know, they're they experience the shrapnel of it. Yeah. And so when my friend came to me and said, "Hey, I, I'm, I feel like God's calling me away from this place, and I would love for you to take over for me," um, I I knew some things about that church that it was a safe place. Um, we had some friends there that were on staff, and so um, it was kind of a moment of um, it was it was a moment of stepping into an unknown for me. It, it was a I think a moment where God was saying, um, "I've prepared you for this." and I've prepared these people for you. Um, and, uh, and it was really a, a turning point of this is what the, this is what the, the reorientation, the, the, <laughs> this is, this is the resurrection of all the things that you've experienced up to this point. Hmm. And, um, and it was a difficult decision. There was a lot of, all the way up until the day, you know, like that I even even beyond the day that I took over as the lead pastor of this church, there were there were so many lies coming through my head. Like, man, I am I'm going to get eaten alive. I'm I'm going to experience what I experienced before. There would be a, a text message from an elder, and I would instantly like mm. have flashbacks um, of saying, "Oh no, this is this wow. is the moment."
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and so these past two years have been the reorientation. So what I would say is reorientation isn't an overnight thing. You don't wake up one day and say, Oh man, I've, I've got it all back put together and it's all new. And, um, it, it's a process. It takes yes. time. It's putting one foot in front of another. It's, yes. it's learning how to trust people. It's, it's learning how to trust that God is, um, is the one that's calling you forward. Yes. And, um, yes. so I, I've been experienced that. I think I'm in it to be honest. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in it and, and, and I'm breathing in new life of, of what, and I, I'm at an amazing church with an amazing people. Um, and so that, that helps a lot as well. Yeah. Well,
0: and there there's so much, I think for every pastor that's been in ministry for any extended season of time, there are wounds. Right. Uh, and, and the question is not, are we going to be wounded? The question is, what are we going to do with those wounds? Is, are yeah. we going to allow those wounds to lead us or are we going to allow those wounds to be redeemed? And are we going to surrender those wounds to the Father and say, could you work with me in that space? So one of the frameworks we use to talk about this is it's its Brueggemann language, but it's this idea of orientation, disorientation and reorientation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so ori- are, the God's people's orientation was Egypt, mm-hmm. right? That's what they knew. It's the only life they understood. It was it was slavery. It was it, that that was the thing that they understood. Disorientation came in the desert. Uh, and so there's this journey through the desert. And it's so interesting as you look at the Old Testament, how many journeys there are through the desert, uh, which is, I think, figurative and literal. Right. There's this journey that all of us have to take uh, in order to get to the promised land, which is our reorientation. Mm. And and the good news is you, you you don't get the promised land without the desert. Mm. And so we're we're a pain-averse culture. We're a wound-averse culture. We want to run from our hurt and from our pain rather than sit with them uh, and allow God to sit with us in that space and allow God to meet us in that reality. Uh, And so there is a beautiful thing that happens when we journey through the desert to get to the promised land. Because what begins to happen is we surrender mm. what we've experienced in the past to the Father, allow Him to bring healing to us, and then allow Him to give us a new imagination for what could be.
2: Yes. Guys, that's really good. And I'm, just, I'm struck too by, you know, we, with the, first, the way we started our podcast was by going through our, our missional theology axioms, um, just these statements about um, the assumptions about reality that Jesus seems to have made. Um, and I'm, I'm struck by the fact that those have all come out of these, this journey for us, of th- through the yes. desert, you know, this journey of realizing, okay, th- you know, uh, there has to be a new way of kind of orienting ourselves. And so, really, those, so, those seven statements, those seven axioms are statements of reorientation that have helped mm. to guide us through uh, that process, right? And so, um, I just want to reassert them and affirm them. So, if you're listening to this and you realize, man, that's what's going on for me, I'm I'm in the midst of disorientation, or maybe you're starting to make a turn towards reorientation, I want to encourage you, number one, that God is present and at work in that situation. It's not something that you need to fix so that God can get busy. It's something that God is already present in. He's already at work in that situation. I wanna encourage you, number two, that God is just like Jesus, and in him is no unChristlikeness at all and so um, the God who looks like Jesus is with you uh, in the midst of this. Uh, This God who is present and at work and who looks like Jesus, number three, meets you right where you really are. He's so real that that's where He meets you. Um, He doesn't meet you where you should be or where you want to be, but right where you are. Um, God cares more about all of this than you do. Um, You're not having to convince Him to help you uh, he's with you. He cares about your uh, reorientation, your life um, way more than you do. Um, everything that God does through you, he's, he's going to do in you as well. And so part of this work is not like getting you fixed up so you can get back to work, <laughs> but this is the work of God in your life. And so... Um, as Willard said, uh, what God gets out of your life is the person you become, and so going through these journeys is necessary for you to become the person that God's calling you to be, so, so keep going. Uh, number six, the goal of all of this stuff is divine union. Um, It's not that you would uh, get better morally behaved or that you would know some more intellectual uh, things that you can uh, say to people. It's that you would become more and more one with God, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And finally, you learn all of this. You learn love. You learn this through embodied participation. So I just want to encourage you to keep moving keep going, keep taking the next step, trust that God is with you. And if you need any help, or if you have any questions, we'd love to chat with you. Uh, you can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. As Ben said earlier, we'd love to be your friends um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and journey, be able to journey with you. It would be our honor uh, to be able to come alongside in any way that we can. Um, all right, guys, any last words? I would just say there's, I mean, what you just repeated,
0: those axioms are such good news, Ben. I mean, mm. it's, it's good news for me today. It was good news for me when I was uh, in Egypt, and it's good news <laughs> for me in the desert, right? It's yeah. good news in all of those spaces. And and, and the good news is what, what what gets wounded in Egypt gets healed in the promised land. And, and mm. so I, I, I'm, I'm struck Amen. by the passage of, of Jacob wrestling with God. And sometimes when we're in the middle of that desert season, or in the middle of disorientation or deconstructionism, or we're the ones who just got fired, or we're the ones who are frustrated with our church, sometimes the best news is just hang on until morning comes. Yeah. Right? It's, it, it, the, the wrestling with God is going to happen within all of us, and sometimes the best possible thing we can do is hold on and say, I just need to hold on, will you still bless me? Will you still yes. bless me? So yes. God is present and at work, and, and that's incredibly good news.
2: Amen. Amen. It certainly is. Um, Well, hey, Justin, thanks for sharing some of your story. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Uh, I'd love to do this again sometime with you.
3: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
2: All right. Well, guys, uh, don't forget Water to Wine um, Gathering. It's watertowinegathering.com. You can register there. Um, uh, We'll we'll be there um, present. And uh, if you want to join us for that, uh, we'd love to have you. Um, We'll see you next time, next episode on the podcast.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question, suggest a topic for future episodes, and join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with... Curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful throughout the week. To join us, go to gravityleadership.comslash join.